Hello and welcome back to QC Uncut, uncut, unedited, uncensored conversation with local newsmakers. I'm your host, Sean Leary, and my guests today have certainly um, gone run through the gauntlet in regard to COVID-19. Um, they are Denny and Brett Hitchcock from Circa 21. They are the owners of Circa, uh, the venerable downtown Rock Island Dinner Theater, and uh, they've been shut down uh, due to COVID since the spring and have been hit pretty hard by it and they're going to be opening up again this fall with special COVID precautions and such and I'm sure that you guys are very excited about that Brett Denny thank you so much for being on the show thanks Sean absolutely now tell me a little bit about you know let's go back and start with your journey here um what what has this been like for you i mean obviously it's been kind of an epic where you started off not sure what exactly what's going to happen in the spring then everything gets shut down and i know things were really really touchy there um now you're finally getting to open back up fingers crossed you know what's it been like well on the 14th of march we had our last performance. Mm-hmm. So that's 170 days. Yeah. Which means five and a half months with no earned income, which is really, really tough. Uh, and then a couple of days later, we stopped rehearsals for our production of Saturday Night Fever, which was just a couple of days away from opening. Right. And the cat, we, we asked the cast if they wanted to stay uh, just to see what would happen. So we set a, an opening date in April. <clears throat> Pardon me. And uh, some stayed, some went home, some were local. And so we we paid the actors, not full pay, but we paid them some just to keep them on hold. And as it turned out, of course, nobody else was hiring either because nothing was going on. And uh, we've been able to, over the last uh, month or so, have some things outdoors. Uh, we did a program, called, uh, a show called Music on the Marquee twice. Our performers were on top of the marquee and... The audience members were in the street. We were able to serve them bar, uh, grilled food from the from the kitchen, and it was really exciting. So that that at least let people know that we were coming back. We were really ready. We just couldn't do it yet mm-hmm. because of the restrictions with COVID nineteen. And we did some things in the speakeasy. It reopened with with fifty people. Then some back to our regular programming, and some that was unique to the situation. Some shows that were created just for that. We did a children's show. We did some concerts. So that that was really exciting. And now on Sunday, we started rehearsals for a Saturday for Savannah Sipping Society, which is a four-person comedy. Mm-hmm. So instead of the, the 19 people that we had for Saturday Night Fever, we have four in the show. It's much, much safer for us, of course, and for them as well. The problem is we still can't open with more than 50. Right. So, so uh, and we have a lot of subscribers that we're trying to get in. Uh, so we started taking reservations uh, last week, well, no, a week and a half ago, trying to get everybody in. And uh, as long as we move forward and not backward, I think things will be fine. Brett, did you hear anything to add? No, you pretty much covered it. Now, okay. 
What was what was I know I know there had to be a few. What were some of the most difficult parts for you? What were some of the most difficult times for you guys? Um, was it the uncertainty? Was it you know trying to trying to squeak by without an income? What kind of what kind of augmentation or help, if any, did the government did the state offer you guys in terms of? Because I know you guys were kind of caught in a catch twenty two in regard to a lot of this stuff. And why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Okay. Um, well, yeah, there of course was consternation. We we had 87 people employed at the time that we cut way, way back. Um, and that was a concern of ours, a tremendous concern that everybody was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Our, our resident staff, the actors, of course, were all temporary employees, but still we wanted to be sure that they were all okay. Some of them, just two of them just got their unemployment in the last couple of weeks. Um, since mid-March, so that was really bad. And of course, having ongoing expenses, whether we have a show or not, with no income, was certainly disconcerting. We we had a couple of pretty good years prior to this, so we did have some some money on hand, and then we were able to get a PPP loan. And we're hoping we don't know yet whether or not we will have been able to spend enough money on payroll during the time period allotted mm-hmm. for it to be a grant as opposed to a loan. Right. But um, the, the major things for us have been being sure that everybody's okay and being sure we're able to pay them and being sure that the audience knows that we're here, we're going to be here for them when we are able to open again. And people were telling us that when they, uh, people would call and just to see how we were doing. They would call to make reservations for, like, the music on the marquee or the shows in the speakeasy mm-hmm. and always tell us, you know, we're, we're anxious to get back. When can we come back? Right. And some people said, you know, don't worry about the extra money for the, for the subscriptions that we pay. Just keep that for next year and, and try and get open. So that, of course, was incredibly heartwarming for all of us. Right. And that's kind of what kept everybody going, I think. <laughs> Yep, I was just going to ask that. Is what what has the you know fan reaction been like, and and how has that made you feel? You know that that people have come back and embraced you, and have continued to embrace Circa throughout all of this, and really kind of you know stepped up to show how much they really love you guys. Right. Well, I think you know from the from the very beginning and the time that we closed. You know, we were we were hearing from people. Um, you know, wanting to know how we were doing, and of course, some wondered, you know, if we were going to be able to make it, and, and what the situation was, and how how we were going to get through. And so, again, that was it was very heartwarming to to know that the public was still there with us. You know, because there were times as we were we, we were trying to open, as Danny mentioned, a couple of different times, and something would happen, and we'd be you know we would not come through, and we'd have to you know go back to square one, and and so through all of that and reaching out to people and telling them we think we're going to be open this date, but we're not sure. And then, of course, it changed two or three times uh, just to to know that they were there with us and they would reach out all the time and say, hey, we're with you. You know, if you're doing anything, regardless whether it's outside or inside, you know, just let us know and we'll be there to support you. And uh, and they certainly were. So that's that makes us feel really good. Sean, we had five opening dates for um, 
about Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, yeah, I know. I wrote about all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, every, that, every you know, we and uh, I don't think I any of the story. dates that we set were being unreasonable. Right. I don't think that we were overly optimistic. We thought we were being practical about it, mm-hmm. picking a date that looked like we could make it. Right. Right. But of course, since no one in the world had anything had any understanding for this, <laughs> because no one in the world had been through anything like it before, mm-hmm. except maybe those people who were in their early one hundreds who were around in 18, 1918 when when the last one happened. Mm-hmm. And um, so we we have our sixth opening date for it now, which will be in July of twenty one. And uh, but but uh, each of those along the way, uh, as Brett was saying, people were patient. So we told them one date, then we told them another date, then we told them another date, then we tell them told them we weren't sure. Right. Um, but then you know I think having an opening date now for one of the shows in the season on on September ninth with Savannah Sipping Society that that was supposed to have been last spring. So they will the our audience members will have had three of the shows. Three of the announced shows in our season uh, come November. So there are three then that, that we'll be dealing with, whether it's uh, credit toward the new season or, as I said, in some cases, donations. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, the audience missed half the shows, and based on our, our advanced subscription sales, they obviously want to come back. So tell me a little bit about how you guys have adapted during this time with the virtual cabarets, with um, the, you know music on the marquee, um, and even the speakeasy stuff. Let's talk a little bit about that and what some of the thinking was behind that, how that came about behind the scenes, um, and, and how it came to fruition. Well, it really caused us to think outside the box like we had never done before. Um, you know, with, without being able to use... At the, in the early stages, any of the either one of the indoor facilities, you know, it really was le- it really left us with you know what what can we do here to entertain people and hopefully generate a few bucks along the way that can help you know help keep us going and and uh, help with the reopen and uh, so a lot of those virtual cabarets uh, we were really fortunate that Khalil Hacker who is I know part of your team there yeah, he's, on uh, he's also he's part of team too, part, yeah. Yep, and part of our part of our team here at Circa um, is is a, a quite a good graphics person and a video person, and so he and Tristan Tapscott again, who works both places, both for you and for us, um, came to us and said, "Hey, we've got a, a fun idea with these virtual cabarets. You know, getting people that are on staff right. currently, and maybe some actors that that you know had not been around, had been in shows previously, but maybe didn't leave around here anymore, uh, just to have them tape something and then have you know Cleo put it together and uh, just put it out there for consumption again." To provide people a little escape with everything going on, and also, you know, something that was free and they could sit in their homes and do, so there was no worries about, you know, the, the, the virus or or anything like that. And so that was what you know the thought process was in the early days, uh, or the early time frame here in March and April. But as we got into you know, May and then June and July, and, you know, we knew that we were going to start to be able to reopen the speakeasy, because obviously that one we were able to open first. Then it was just some brainstorming, you know, what can we do now that we know we've got the indoor facilities, you know, what can, what can we start? And so there were some cabarets that came out of that. Um, 
several with uh, Bobby and uh, Ashley B. Uh, Becker, who were a local couple. So they came to us and had some ideas, and uh, they worked out really well in there. Um, we're doing uh, a cabaret called Thursday Night Live, which is uh, basically a lot of our staff here at Circa, our bootleggers and some other favorite performers, uh, getting together and just doing a wide range of things, you know, from different uh, solos to small group numbers to, to video stuff. So, I mean, it's a really wide range of things, and, and that was really well received as well. And, you know, we were able to start to reintroduce some of our regular speakeasy shows, too, uh, like our drag show and our burlesque shows and things like that. And, uh, you know, people have been really good about, you know, coming in for those and filling those up. So, again, it's really it just causes to, to just really think outside the box and no idea is a bad idea and you know we were incorporating our staff as much as possible you know getting ideas from the management team and, and then outside you know folks like uh Tristan and Khalil as well you know bringing them in and, and uh you know when they had ideas and Bobby and Ashley as I mentioned so it really is just a collaboration of of a lot of people that that work here care a lot about the theater you know and and you know helping us put ideas together that were easy to execute that we could do to, to get people in here and, and uh, generate a couple of bucks there were two things that bobby and ashley brought to us well they, they brought several to us but two that we hadn't done before mm-hmm. one was a day camp and you know a, a lot of the studios most of the studios in town do them and they usually are a couple of weeks and then end in the production of a musical theater piece. Well, what, what we did this time was we had um, middle school in the morning for three hours, high school in the afternoon, and then that ended with a showcase. Uh-huh. So people doing, doing musical theater numbers uh, so that we had limited contact and they were wearing shields most of, or most of the time on stage. Um, but, but the kids had a chance to work with, with professionals and then did a show without having to take so much time for rehearsal, you know, and, and, and doing costumes and scenery and that sort of thing. It was all focused on performance. And with only three hours a day, we were able to keep people separated. Uh, we, we had the, all the uh, social distancing and masks and shields and uh, temperatures before they could get in the door. And that was very successful. That sold out right away. And then the other project they had is that they had written uh, a children's musical called Rapunzel. Right. Bobby and Ashley did that themselves. And they came to us with the script, the score, the tracks, the costumes, the scenery. Um, and they were directing, musical directing, and in it. So that's the package they brought to us. We had to we had to cast a few more people, and so we did uh, four performances of that on on subsequent uh, Saturday and uh, no, I, I'm sorry, on on two two Saturdays in a row, one morning, one afternoon. So that was something we hadn't done. We'd never done a children's show over there before. Um, what you know? How has it felt to like? It's always weird because we never know kind of the seeds that we plant along the way with our own actions and our own collaborations towards people. And oftentimes the way that we treat people along the pathways of our lives and our artistic careers um, sometimes ends up to come, you know, flower at some of the most unexpected and, you know, hopeful opportunities. And it seems like that's what's happened with you guys is that 
a lot of the people that you've helped out along the years and that you've collaborated with and you've treated well along the years have come back to kind of help you out during your time of need. Um, tell me a little bit about how that's felt for you guys. And, you know, like you mentioned, uh, Khalil, Tristan, you know, some of the other folks you're talking about in regard to Rapunzel and, you know, things of that nature. Those folks, they're all people that, that you've helped out along the years. And now at this time, your time of need, they've really kind of come through and helped you out. Well, when 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 they came to us, when Tristan and uh, Khalil and Ashley and Bobby, two different meetings, then we got together. When they came to us, their intent was to come up with ideas that would generate money, but wouldn't where we wouldn't be spending any money. So it was all it was all voluntary. You know, eventually we we were able to take some for for some of the things, but but that's how they started and. Uh, that was such a wonderful feeling because we still have we still have expenses. You know, we still have to keep this monstrous building and then cool or cool it. Well, like both now. Right. Uh, but we were able to keep the air conditioning off for a long time. But there are still expenses, and they understand that. Just because we aren't performing doesn't mean we don't have places where we have to spend money. And so they were there to help. There were people who, as Brett said, sent stuff in for, uh, for the virtual cabarets. There were some who came in who hadn't worked here for a long time. Some came in from out of town. And it was, well, I hate to use the word heartwarming again, but it really was. It just made us feel so good. And we really appreciated everybody pitching in. Uh, it was just it was just a, an amazing feeling. And it also then helps uh, the impetus in a desire to move forward. You know, if, if, if we know both the audience and, and the friends with, with whom we've worked were so anxious and excited to to be sure we kept going and to help us get going, that it, it adds that extra push so we're sure we can keep going also. Um. What uh, how do you feel? What do you feel? Circa has meant and the speakeasy has meant not just to the Quad Cities, but to downtown Rock Island. I mean, we all know downtown Rock Island has, especially in the last decade or so, had some difficult times. And beside, you know, aside from you know the the lack of businesses, businesses shuttering up, um, and then some of the bad publicity that's you know come about during you know recent times due to some of the issues that have been going on late night um you know the downtown has really taken a hit and i say that as someone who absolutely loves downtown rock island who lives in rock island who is very much a rock island supporter and wants it to get back to the story days that it had in the 90s before that and even like in the early like 2000s um what do you think that's been like for you guys to be able to provide that and continue to provide that um, that anchor? You know, you guys have been there for a long time. You've, you've been a, a Rock Island, downtown Rock Island mainstay, and I think that that's really important for people to know that Circa and the Speakeasy are there. You know, they are they they're not going anywhere. Um, you know, what has that felt like for you guys? Well, I think that, uh, you know, it, it, we do feel like we're kind of an anchor business here downtown. And there, and there are several of them. But, yes, we've been here for a long time. You know, we do provide critical mass, you know, into the downtown area, which is one of the things that that the downtown is, is, is lacking is foot traffic and, and critical mass. And so, you know, we do provide that. Now, you know, some of the performances, people will come in on buses. Obviously, that's not so much the case then. Uh, but for the regular shows, I mean, we have people that will – 
that will come in and walk around for a while if they're getting, if they're in town early or you know just walk around and may go have a drink at one of the bars before they come over here or you know may go out afterwards and have a cocktail and i think that's even more so with the speakeasy crowd they're a little bit younger yeah, a younger crowd than what we draw at Circuit for the most part. And I think that they do the same thing. We have some shows where they go out to eat at some of the restaurants down here, and uh, and then they come see a show or they go out after, you know, to support the bar scene down here. Um, so, you know, yeah, while there's, you know, we've had some black eyes and there's been some hard times, um, you know, it's been important to us to stay down here because I really feel like, you know, over the years, Rock Island has been one of the more creative cities here as far as coming up with things and launching things and, you know, doing things like the district festival and, and, and the art scene, you know, back in, you know, early in the early years here, sure, yeah. Rock Island was really front and center with the art scene. And so, you know, we've always been kind of, you know, on that edge, we don't have the same kind of, of financing that, that Davenport does and Moline does. Um, but you know, with, we're, we're really more grassroots mm-hmm. and, and what we can do and the projects we can do. And, and, uh, you know, we've got the arts community down here to, to really do some great things. Uh, Sean, I think that there's a couple things too that, that, uh, came to mind for me while Brett was talking. Um, one of the things I think is what we offer and what people, how people see us is stability. <laughs> right. You know, we, we're, we're the oldest we're the oldest public-serving business downtown, I believe. We opened in June of 1977, uh-huh. so we st- we started our 44th year in June. Um, of course, that can also go the other way. Well, we're here. Well, they've been here forever, and, and we get taken for granted, and people forget about us. Right. But the, but the fact remains that we are a customer-based, guest-based business that people come downtown Rock Island for. Yes, they'll come down to see an attorney or a counselor or an accountant um, or a doctor. But as Brett said, we are reaching the masses. And then the other thing that I'm sure most people don't think about, we do provide a lot of sales tax income for the city. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, as it goes, as it's gone up to 10%. Uh, and our, ours isn't completely ten because the uh, before we opened, the state attorney general ruled that fifty percent of our ticket was for the, the food and fifty percent of it was for the show. Right. So, but so we do pay sales tax on half of our ticket price, plus on on, on the liquor, plus on desserts. So there's a whole lot coming in for that, right. and I'm sure now, uh, not just us, but to go basically six months with with no sales tax income for the city that's going to be tough and so hopefully once we all get up and running that base will be there again yeah but not at but not at 50 percent or not at 50 people well and that's we, 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 oh sorry well i was saying we we have to get to 50 percent and eventually have to get open or there'll be a lot more businesses falling by the wayside brett just told me a little bit ago that subway's closed mm-hmm. in downtown rock island yeah and there, there are other restaurants in the Quad Cities that have announced closings. So that's critical. And I think people have to understand that that the city is losing money, not just the obvious, but, but the sales tax from the restaurants around right. here, from the bars, from us. I think that's, that's something that I think has been really um, remiss in regard to media coverage and just people's understanding of this entire pandemic is um, the 
actual trickle down, you know, as, as opposed to, you know, saying yeah. something's trickle down that doesn't. But what actually has trickled down is the fact that all of this is, you know, symbiotically connected. And if businesses are closed, that's sales tax revenue that's gone. That's revenue to cities that are is gone. It's not just that people are laid off and people are out of work. It's that the businesses are out of business. And so... It's um, yeah. to me, I, I it, it you know when I see stories about how the stock market's doing so well, I'm thinking that is really not indicative of the of the real economy because that's just showing that's showing that that, a bunch, that trillions of dollars from the reserve Federal Reserve has been pumped into the stock market to buy stocks because when you look at the statistics, the Federal Reserve is now one of the largest owners of a lot of these stocks due to the money that's been pumped into it and. Um, you're not seeing what's really happening on the ground or thinking about the microeconomics, which lead to the macroeconomic picture of when um, payroll taxes, when sales taxes, when all these other taxes are not being taken out due to businesses, that's going to put a disproportionate amount of stress upon property taxes, which are the only things that remain static. And so that's really, and that's not going to be good for people, particularly those who are already struggling to make their mortgage payments and the ransom things of that Absolutely. so there's a whole lot of stuff there's a whole gigantic web that has been you know um that has been uh, growing during this time that needs to be addressed and people need to, to address it before we really have a, a horrible reckoning well and the, the hospitality industry has been one of the worst hit in the, oh, yeah. in the world from what i understand and uh I, I, I don't recall exactly what the number was, but several years ago, the uh, um, Joe Taylor from the uh, Convention Visitors Bureau told me that whatever that uh, the, the exponent was, uh, my recollection was that we would be, what people spend here would be putting about $18 million back into the community. Yeah, yeah. You know, but by the time it, it works, it's just here at the theater. Yeah. Well, geez, look at the tax layer's been shut down. Not going to be going, you know, up anytime soon. The Adler's been shut down. The Rust Belt's been shut down. Ribco, Mm -hmm. you know, which also brings accent. A lot of these other, you know, the the fairs, all the all the events that go on in the summer. All of these things which bring tourists in. The John Deere Classic. All of these things are shut down. And again, this this has created a, a, a massive gulf in income into the area that I don't think has been felt or acknowledged uh, properly up to this point. Um, well, it's really been felt by the people who aren't getting paid. Yeah. You well, know? And, 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 you know, with, with us, we, we we buy a lot of food. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because we have That's to provide a lot of food. So a lot of this stuff we, is connected. Yeah. We, get, we get a lot of it from PPG. We get from Kings. We get from a lot of places around town. And... So because we aren't getting that money, they aren't getting that money. Yep. Their their suppliers aren't getting that money. Yep. We 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 buy we buy liquor, we buy soft drinks, we buy desserts. Some we make, but some we buy. And so there's all that money that we're not giving to our vendors mm-hmm. because we're not getting it from our guests. And it all it all goes back and kicks you in the face. Yeah, it really it's really sad. Um, let's look. Let's look to something a little bit more optimistic, though. And then the, yes. the fact that you guys are opening, you get you are reopening. Tell me about the precautions that you've had to put in place so that people can feel safe and secure, knowing that they're going to be coming back and they're going to be, you know, taken care of. Well, I, I think what we're what we're doing is is pretty 
pretty standard from um, the other theaters around. Now, I know the restaurants aren't doing, not all restaurants are doing a good job of, of uh, covering for the uh, for the COVID epidemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but the theaters that we, we have, we, we have, a, we have a, uh, an on um, a Zoom meeting every other week with about 20 dinner theaters from around the country. Right. And everybody is doing the same thing. So what, what we are, we're, we're taking temperature of the audience members when they come in. And if, if their temp is above 100.4, we'll have them sit down and wait a while because sometimes it's been warm and if they wait outside, the, the, their temperature will get elevated. Sure. And then when it's okay, they'll come in. If it's not okay, we'll have to ask them to leave. Right. And uh, we, we have marked, we have all the signs around for wearing your mask and staying six feet away. Um, but what was that we just had done with the spraying in the theater? Yeah, we had a company come in that, that did an extra spray in the theater throughout the entire building, both buildings, in fact, the Speakeasy and Circa, uh-huh. uh, where it kills 99%, 99% of germs. Uh, it would kill all the COVID bacteria, whatnot, uh, that's in the air or on the surfaces. I mean, they came in and that, that lasts for 90 days. Um, Denny and I may feel a little different about this, but I feel like we have gone, I don't know anybody in town that's gone to the extent that we've gone so far. Right. And we've really gone beyond the CDC guidelines, and we're way beyond it. And, yes, uh, we have. And so it's, you know, we are, I think that everyone can feel very safe coming here. I mean, both, you know, from the food side, we're, we're covered from the food side. We've got an extensive sanitation, uh, you know, policies that are in place on top of this other service. I said this other local company that just came in to do that servicing in both of the theaters. Um, you know, all of the actors are, are going to be safe. You know, the, the food and wait staff are going to be wearing masks and gloves. Um, so I really feel like that, you know, we've, we've, we've really gone above and beyond where we needed to just to ensure this, the health, the safety and health of both the guests and our employees. Right. We also have, we also have hand sanitizer stations around, around the theater. Um, as I said, the distances are marked. We have plastic barriers in the ticket office. We do at the uh, host station. We've eliminated our subscriber entrance and host station so we can have everybody going coming in the same place to avoid more uh, um, contact. Right. And uh, our staff will all be wearing masks and everybody on the floor will be wearing gloves, gloves and masks. It's going to drive some people absolutely nuts to the extent <laughs> we've gone to, but others will, others will appreciate yeah. it. So. Right. The audience members will be wearing masks. And again, if they, if they well, don't come with a mask, we'll have masks for them. If they don't want to wear it, then they will be leaving too. Um, and we, we will be doing deep cleaning and extra sanitizing on regular intervals, more so than we would have, say, a year ago because of the obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. We'll be wiping down the, the tables frequently, wiping down everything around the theater much more so than more often than, uh, than before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think, as, as Brett said, we're doing... We're really doing a lot, and right. some of the things that we're doing, other people stop doing. But they, they, like the stores that had the had the markings on the floor coming up to the registers, well, we have those up to where people are being seated. And a lot of the stores don't have those anymore. Right. But they're they're still important. And I was I was in line at uh, I think it was Lowe's. Uh, this is about a month and a half ago. I had my mask on. There were three probably early 20s women standing right literally right behind me i bet they weren't a foot away and so there was a 
there was an X for them to be standing on about five feet away or six feet away from me, five feet away from them. And they were talking about how important the masks were. Right. And not one of them was wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I think there, there is that kind of attitude that it's fine for other people. I yeah I don't get it I, um, and I mean I know that um, you know a lot of people have there have been videos of people complaining about the masks um, the River City's reader ran an irresponsible and dangerous story a cut saying that masks masks don't work um, you know well, how it is asinine and and I the thing yeah. is is as I've said on social media I've said in columns and stuff. How does it hurt you to wear a mask? Now, I can understand if you were being forced to, you know, take some medication that was untested or you were forced to undergo some treatment or something like that or whatever, and it was oh, really yeah, going to put you out. You know, something like that. Yes, I understand well, that. And I, but the thing is, is wearing a mask is not going to put you out that much, you know? And so I just don't, no. get, I don't get the attitudes of some people or some organizations that are so adamant on attacking the entire mask thing. And well, unfortunately, it it's, to, it's become politicized, it, not well, necessarily right. so. Well, and they equate it to some sort of like, well, you're a sheeple if you wear a mask. And it's like, really? Is that is that how you, I don't know, maybe your brain works to, to the point where anytime someone suggests that you do something, that automatically equates to you completely being compliant and supine yeah. in in terms of everything. And a lot of a lot of people, I guess it is, because they follow everything that you know a certain person says, no matter how asinine and stupid and you know disregarded it should be. But nevertheless. For the rest of us that actually employ common sense, it's not that difficult to wear a mask. You put a I'm mask sure on, you take the mask off, it's not that tough, you're not yeah. being put out that much, and you help other people. And I know, like, I work out all the time. I'm in pretty good shape. Um, but the thing is, is that what if I get it and I'm a carrier and I'm not showing any symptoms or it's mild with me, but I run into somebody who's got asthma or diabetes or has got some other, or they're older and they have an underlying cause. I don't want to be responsible as a human being for the demise or the discomfort of someone else. And if I can do something that that's, that's that small in just wearing a mask and taking that small action, to help another human being, whether I know it or not, I'm going to do it because that's the responsible and the conscientious thing to do. I'm sure you're too young. Well said. Yes, very well said. I'm sure you're, too, you're both too young to remember when seatbelts came on the yeah, scene. Right. Th there was that same kind of moronic response. Exactly. That you can't tell me what to do. It's my car. Right. But then, of course, they aren't thinking about someone that they might hit and kill in another car. Or yeah. that they may, you know, like maybe it's a father who has three kids and he's not wearing his belt and gets thrown through the windshield. Well, yeah, it was his car. But now his kids don't have a father. Yeah, I was... And it, it's... I was going to say, yeah, I was too young to remember that, but nevertheless, I, I, you know, am well aware of history, and unfortunately, we seem to be living in a time when people are very unaware of the the historical, you know, precedents uh, of what we're experiencing right now, and it's it's like the old saying: those who uh, do not remember history are doomed to repeat it, and we're That's right. saying that is is a lot of the same arguments in regard to the pandemic when you look at the original other pandemic 
pandemics. Some of the same arguments were made and were discredited. And I just wish people would pay better attention to the things that have happened in the past and been discredited in order to secure uh, the vast majority of people in the population during this time. Because it's, it's such a small effort that you need to make. Wear a mask. Wash your hands social distance be conscientious in regard to the actions that you take and it's not just helping other people and although that should be paramount helping other people survive and thrive but it's also helping local businesses it's helping the area it's helping yourself i mean at your most selfish if you don't want your property taxes to go up at your most selfish wear a mask because then the chain effect of you not wearing a mask and creating and continuing the pandemic is going to drain the coffers of sales tax it's going to make your property taxes go up. So even if you don't care about anything else but yourself, at least be selfish enough to wear a mask to stanch the pandemic. Or drop the, the mic, Sean. Drop the mic. Yes, drop <laughs> the mic. There you go. Or your, um, or the, the company you work for may be closed because right. too many people didn't pay attention to that. Yep, there you go. I, I've always thought that if, if there's a medical issue, I should listen to a doctor and not a not a politician. Right. Exactly. That's yes. Exactly. You know, I kind of think that uh, someone who's been to med school and like Dr. Fauci, you know, for forty-five years doing what he's doing, a specialist in that area. Yeah. But people were were bad mouthing him because he was telling him to do things. Yeah. Well, I don't get it. I'm not man. gonna I'm not gonna listen to a politician if someone like that is telling me I should be right yeah. now. Yeah. And I'm not say for either party. I'm not. I'm not. You know. I don't care what political yeah, party you belong to. I'm just saying. I, I would. Ra- I'd rather you know listen to a scientist and look at the science and also recognize the fact that science changes. That's the nature of science. Is when new data comes yes. in, it's it's malleable, but it goes constantly and consistently by the data. And so you need to recognize the fact that that is it's empirical data. That's the best that we know at this point, and and it's best to just follow that. But nevertheless. And, but it all- but it has to be available in order to follow it. Right, right. Agreed. You know, so. it has to be out there so people can hear it and read it. Yep. It can't be hidden or yeah. moved around in departments. I agree. I agree. But okay, now that we've gotten way off track, um, <laughs> let, we'll 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 wrap it up. Um, what else? What would you like to add that we have not talked about? Uh, throw in a little plug for the shows coming up. And if there's, any, if there's anything we have not touched upon in this conversation, please feel free to, to do so. for Savannah Sipping Society. We will be in rehearsals as of this Thursday for the uh, Rocky Horse Show, which is coming back for its fifth year in the speakeasy. We open that on October 3rd. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll always be a good time. Now, again, a lot of the uh, same things we talked about before will apply to that. It'll be a reduced capacity, so only 50 seats per performance. Uh, so we, you know, Rocky usually sells out every year anyway, so we are even making a bigger plea to people to, to buy early this year because, you know, it's, we're going to sell out much earlier this year than we have the previous years just because we don't have the least we don't have nearly as many seats right um savannah's coming up our season tickets are now on sale for our 2021 season uh you can go to our website circuit21.com and see what those six great shows are and uh, all of our season ticket uh, prices are there as well we'd love to have you join as a season ticket holder you know if you come two or three times a year anyway your money ahead by buying a season ticket. So right. if you, you look at that financially, as, as we've talk, been talking about with people's coffers not being as deep as maybe they had been you know, pre-COVID, uh, 
this is a great time to save some money and give yourself six nights of entertainment and uh, uh, a way to escape a lot of this craziness we've been talking about. Right. Cool. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really important for us, and well, I know we all realize that that um, once we get open, there are people who are going to be feeling better. That they'll come in and see a show, have fun, laugh, leave the theater feeling better, and hopefully for a couple of hours, forgetting about uh, about the, the, the pandemic and all that that's meant over all, all these over all these months. Uh, and getting out, eating. I, I, I know not everybody is comfortable doing that yet, and I don't certainly wouldn't want to uh, stress for people to come in to see us if they if they are not uh, comfortable doing it. But um, I, I think people. I know I feel better when I if if, if I'm going to a dumb comedy. Some you know mm-hmm. just. Uh, just to laugh and forget about it, get the endorphins going. I happen to have our new brochure in hand. If you like, I can tell you what our new shows are. <laughs> sure, go right ahead. <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're starting that, off. Huh? We're starting off the holidays with a musical called called uh, Winter Wonderland. Uh-huh. Uh, what was written specifically for us by Brad Hoskins, who's done lots and lots of shows over the years. Mm-hmm. Maybe lots of Christmas music in there. Very Following talented that guy. Is, Very good guy. I like Brad. Yes. Uh, and following that is a show where, where I think we're the first theater in the country to get the rights to do it. But because it's on tour, we couldn't say that. Mm-hmm. Um, the play that goes wrong has been on national tour, been on Broadway, off Broadway, and the, the longest running comedy in, in uh, London history. Uh, it's, it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. I saw it in London a couple of years ago. Everybody I know who's seen it has said exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's certainly going to be a rouser and a, a knee slapper. And following that, another funny one, we, we go back to the, uh, this series every once in a while, The Church Basement Ladies. This is a brand new show. They're starring in You Smell Barn. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and there's I also a couple should of, I even couple ask of farmers. Jenny what You Smell Barn is? <laughs> Pardon me? Should I even ask what You Smell Barn is about? Well, it, it, it's actually an, an adaptation from uh, a book written by the ladies who wrote the original uh, books on which they were based. This book just came out last year, the year before, and that's the title of the book. I haven't read the book yet, but um, and I I don't know how how that fits in. So, no, you don't have to ask me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then after that, Beehive, which is uh, about the, the, uh, it's a musical review of the, the girl groups of the 60s and the uh, female stars, people like Connie Francis, Supremes, Janis Joplin, Aretha Franklin. Lots of those uh, of those singers' music will be featured. Mm-hmm. Then Saturday Night Fever, which I think everybody knows from the Travolta movie. Right. And then ending with another new show for the area. And I don't, we, have, we don't have any friends who have done it yet. It's called Disenchanted. Uh-huh. And what that's about is the the princesses from from uh, from literature complaining about how they've been typecast over all these years you know that I, I really don't want a prince and they aren't they aren't 20 years old and uh, and 105 six and 120 pounds anymore right so th- I, I think people will really enjoy that so that's what's coming up our three children's shows to be Susical Susical Madagascar and elephant and piggies we're now we're in a play. Awesome. So that's our six main stage and three children's shows, which we're really excited to do. And I, I hope the audience has as much fun watching them as I know we will have putting them together. 
And I'm certain they will. And, of course, for tickets, they can go to Circa21.com and call 786-7733-Extension2. Correct? Absolutely. You, know, you like how I remember that from when I used to produce shows in the speakeasy? <laughs> I, remember, I remember the phone number. I have it memorized from that. That's, that that's fine. Feel free to put that out anytime you want, Sean. Oh, I will. I will. Uh, Brett, Daddy, thank you so much for your time and being on the show again. Thank you so much. And best of thank luck. Thank you, John. I appreciate you asking. Break a leg with everything. Thank you very much. And to your audience, be well, stay safe. Thank you so much. And there you have it, folks. Um, that is Brett and Denny Hitchcock from Circa 21 in the Speakeasy in downtown Rock Island. They're going to be reopening. Please check out their shows. Um, you need some laughs during this time. You need to have a good time during this time. Um, Circa 21 and the Speakeasy are both fantastic places to go. Great local business, locally owned business. Been here for a while, so definitely give them your support. And thank you for giving us your support as well and listening to QC Uncut, your only podcast in the Quad Cities for Uncut, Uncensored, local conversations with local newsmakers and people of interest. I'm your host, Sean Leary. Again, stay safe. Have a great day. Thanks for listening.